0: us we are back but not doing after the last dance Uh, after two seasons we had a sit down with Jerry Krause and I think it was you who demanded too much money and uh as a result we are now on the main soul savvy feed uh doing new things so I'm gonna blame that on you
1: yeah we got waived I mean uh given given my shooting percentage and my age I'm not shocked I just apologize that uh it took you with me, apparently. I guess I guess I made a little too much about us being a package deal. And they're like, well, then Alex is gone too. It hurts.
0: it hurts. This is like when Bonzi Wells demanded a lot of money from the Houston Rockets. I understand this is a very specific reference, but I'm sure you remember this. I vaguely remember
1: this. I'm more <laughs> on the, you know, I'm more on the Latrell Sprewell, you know, how am I going to feed my family kind of thing. And, you know, it's all the same result in the end. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess next time we need to be a little more careful with our contract demands. And I'm also realizing we probably shouldn't be having this conversation while we're doing the next podcast. That's not really going to help our, uh, our bargaining.
0: Power. <laughs> You're saying we need an agent. We're really bad at this. Agents reach out. We <laughs> need help. Yeah, please, please reach out. I only want to give like a, like 1% though of the percentage. So we are here today to talk about the post Pandemic sneaker world. Obviously, noting the fact that we are still very much in the midst of this global pandemic, uh, especially in the United States, where you are, Russ. I'm sure you're well aware. I see your anger, uh, you know, with public uh, officials every day. So, from yeah, a sneaker, I'm... yeah, go ahead, Russ. No, no, no. I, I I was just very happy
1: to see uh Adrian Wojnarowski drop the literal profane watch bomb and see like you know people who are gainfully employed with the worldwide leader start to you know insert as much profanity into their feeds as i do it's something you don't really want to see happen but at the same time it's like what took you guys so long uh i did want to add before we get into the sneaker side of things that since this isn't after the last dance anymore but since this partnership is going to continue we welcome you guys out there listening or, you know, even if you're just following our Twitter feeds, like give us some suggestions for names. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We can't be after, after the last dance. Cause eventually we have to let that go. You know, I, I do like the idea of having some sort of last dance connection to the name. I think it, the world is overdue for a podcast called that's when it became personal to us. That's kind of my clubhouse leader right now, but yeah, I'm open to suggestions.
0: You know, if we named it and that's when it became personal, I'm pretty sure Michael Jordan would start a podcast uh, just out of spite. Um, So I don't know if we want to go down that I thought you were going to say he would sue us because that would probably happen too. (laughs) Yeah, I'm here for the publicity. Um, So sneakers in this pandemic world, you know, we have seen... um, a lot of sneaker releases get delayed. It seems like every release that I look up now is is a TBD or they'll just suddenly hit stores uh, without me realizing. And we've seen some huge releases uh, during this time too, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, you know, the Ben & Jerry's Chunky Dunkies and, you know, obviously the Dior uh, Jordan collaboration. Um, but there's just so much to talk about, I think from a consumer standpoint and also from a brand standpoint. What intrigues you the most, Russ, as a starting topic about this? I think like, the thing that
1: gets me the most is sneakers were always portrayed as something of a, maybe not always, but especially lately is sort of a social phenomenon. And like, whether it's through social media, you know, that's obviously a part of it, but, but a big part of it was always the real life aspect to it, whether it's socializing to buy them or, you know, wearing them out in public. And for the past couple of months, all of that has been gone. And, you know, it's a matter of, OK, are you really going to buy things now just to throw them up on your IG feed to say like, oh, I have these or, you know, I'm part of this uh, movement, if you will. I mean, I it pains me to even call it a movement with so many real movements happening now. I don't know. It, it seems like now it's almost like a a contest to see if you can ignore the real things in the world and and use this distraction like it kind of goes bigger. For me, where it's like, do we really need to be distracted right now? Like, personally, I don't. Like, I've kind of dropped off and dropped out of some of this stuff. I don't know about you.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm trying to think of shoes that I've bought because, I mean, I still, I think, have been participating in terms of, you know, uh, spending my money stupidly. But, you know, I've picked up stuff like, Picked up a pair of just white Air Force Ones from Nike. I uh, picked up like a pair of Adidas superstars, kind of the basics. When Adidas here had like an 80% off sale and they're not just participating um, in kind of the hype releases. Um, I think for me, it's been interesting. This sounds very simple, but now when I want a pair of sneakers, I'm kind of like, I'm not going to wear this probably for like uh, another year. Like, I'm not going to be out, you know, in social settings, group settings uh, and things of that nature. Whereas I feel like before, you know, you might want to pick up a sneaker because you're going somewhere, traveling, going to an event, things like that. And it's really made me pause and 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 just reconsider the whole thing in terms of why do we need to participate in this culture? And and I know this kind of pivots into kind of the Dior collaboration, but when you look at a pair like the the Jordan 1 Dior, it's just hilarious to me. It seems like like the most tone deaf release to happen in the middle of a pandemic. And I think it speaks to everything that's like bad about a uh, sneaker quote unquote culture today. In that this is a shoe that is just not accessible and is just for the higher class.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's funny, like the stuff like that, that appeals to that, you know, sort of 1% consumer and, and not that what, what was it like two grand at retail? Like that's not even a 1% or thing. Maybe it's 10 or 10% or, 5%. I I don't know where the income levels hit. But, you know, it was one of those things that was sold to people whose income probably hasn't been affected. And, you know, they're probably not worried about how they spend money. And they're probably still continuing to have disposable income that the rest of us, you know, I think a lot of people right now don't have income, period, disposable or indisposable. So it's weird to see that at that level of things, like whether it's a a luxury sneaker or a luxury car, like it's kind of business as usual. Like the same people are buying the same stuff and reacting the same way about it. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it as I have where like the resale prices of those things on StockX is like 18 grand or 13 grand or, you know, whatever it is. I can never tell like what the buy amount and sell amount actually means. Like does the actual amount meet in the middle? I have no idea. But regardless, yeah, a five figure sneaker on the secondary market, We're still even get into the fact that I think that sneaker is garbage. Like sure, I'm sure it's made well. And like, yes, the Dior artisans are crafting it by hand, but it's just such a lazy shoe. It's a, it's a back wall foot action sale shoe with like lingerie stitched to the swoosh. Like it's disgusting i i I don't know i mean to me that shoe is a is a signifier to other rich people that like hello i have way more money than i have taste like if you have that shoe like i don't know i'm
0: sorry (laughs) yeah no i'm with you i feel like if you remove um kind of the dior logo thing that's on the shoe uh that's like a general release uh air jordan one that uh, i think people wouldn't really pay attention to and it's funny you mentioned the resale price um i think i last saw it at it was like 15 K and like, this is what sneakers have come to, right? Like I didn't, um, enter any of the available raffles, uh, but I saw even in soul savvy specifically, there were some soul savvy members who actually, uh, won, uh, the, the raffle draw and, and won the shoe. And to me, I mean, you're just entering because it's a $15,000 investment. Right? Oh, 100%. Like you, you get to flip the shoe 100%. for 10 K. Like I can't imagine, like if I got the shoe, I wouldn't even think twice about keeping it
1: oh that thing is gone that thing's gone before I even get it you know like and that's the thing too is like I I forget who was actually bragging about it or mentioning it but like five million people entered the different draws for like I forget how many pairs it was and it's like no like those people aren't entering the draw because they feel like this is a shoe they have to have it's like yeah you're right it's like because it's like a $13,000 guaranteed payout in the middle of a pandemic when no one has jobs like I didn't enter any either partially because like I just don't think about sneaker releases in my day-to-day anymore but given the payout and given the chance at winning I mean it's kind of a a more reasonable lottery draw you know what I mean like you only have to pay if you win like sure you win the thing and you have to pay two grand but if you know you have 15 waiting on the other end that two grand ain't that hard to pay out
0: yeah and i don't know how you think about the fact that you know the five million entries is is pretty eye-opening to me because i think it also speaks to the fact that i mean this has been a trend now for for several years that people are just entering these raffles and not to like be a gatekeeper about sneakers or anything but people are entering these raffles because they know It's an investment opportunity. And I'm not sure if that's good or bad for sneakers.
1: I think it's just sneakers being another investment. You know, it's like you compare it to like, and I forget what they're calling it, but all those tops cards they're doing right now with all the different artists. You know, I actually bought one. I forget. At this point, I think it was a Gooden card. And I don't even remember who the artist was. It wasn't Ben Baller. Although I appreciate some of his cards, and uh, it wasn't, was it a Josh Vetus? I, you know what? I don't even know. Like, there's a couple that I've actually meant to do, but it's interesting that baseball cards or sports cards in general kind of like that bubble popped, and sneakers kind of turned around and copied what happened with baseball cards. And for some reason, that bubble hasn't popped, and that bubble hasn't popped to the extent that baseball cards slingshotted back off the strength of what sneakers were doing. And now it seems like baseball cards are kind of having their own moment again. Shout out to Gary V, I guess.
0: (laughs) Shout out to Gary V. Yeah, the the sneaker bubble is interesting because I would have sat here on uh, March 11th, um, you know, when Rudy Gobert tested positive and said that I would predict that some of these stock X prices that you would see uh, on these sneakers with these inflated resale prices would come down. But instead, we have seen the exact opposite. Um, I feel like across the board, a lot of these prices have gone up. And sometimes I click on these shoes in my sizes and see the last sale price. And I'm just like, all right, like the people that are buying off StockX, like they're just operating on a different level in, in terms of spending like thousands of dollars on, on these old dunks. And, you know, we can also talk about the surge in these Air Jordan prices from the last dance. Um, I mean, I think I saw the the... They re-released the Concords in, what, 2018? And, you know, they, I think they released like 2 million pairs, right? That was their December release, their big December release. And those were sitting around retail for the longest time. And, and now the last sale on those was like 500 bucks. The, the Jordan Flu Games are around 450, 500 uh, the bread fours from last year, I think, are like 550. And a lot of these were just available. Yeah. And you have those OG Jordan ones hitting at like two grand. I mean, oh yeah. You can't even mention those. Those are just ridiculous, right? Like I don't even
1: look at StockX very much. I've never sold anything on there. I probably should because I have a lot of stuff I really, really need to get rid of. But uh, you know, I, I see like Corgi Shoes stuff pop up in my IG feed, and it's like, wait a minute, a pair of like 2000 whatever black and red Jordan ones are selling for two grand. Like I remember when the band ones hit around there and that seemed crazy. And now you have stuff that's essentially a general release selling for that much. I mean, between that and, you know, whatever random pair of, Dunk SBs that someone flipped to Travis Scott after buying them off the back wall of blades in like 2011 is now going for like $800. Like there are shoes that skate shops literally almost couldn't give away that are selling for hundreds of dollars at this point. And it's like, what are you people doing? But not to turn sort of a a Twitter meme into real life, but I'm old enough to remember that in 2008, When the stock market crashed, sneaker prices were still kind of crazy. And I was selling stuff at that point. And literally, every time I went to the post office to send out a pair of shoes, I'm thinking to myself, like, you can read the newspaper, you can watch the news, like, you know what's happening to the economy, and you're still willing to spend like a couple hundred dollars on some random pair of shoes. Like, what are you doing? And that's kind of the feeling I'm having now is just like, who are these people paying top of the market prices and stuff like are you spending two grand on a pair of black red Jordan ones thinking the price is still going to go up and maybe I'll be wrong maybe I'll be proven wrong maybe it will maybe two years from now a pair of black and red Jordan ones will be selling for four grand then I'll be like damn why didn't I buy pairs for two but yeah. It's kind of hard to imagine that happening
0: i feel like that's already happening um you know you're looking at shoes that were sitting around retail and now they're eight hundred to a thousand dollars do you think this says anything kind of long term about just the sneaker market if the fact in fact that it still appears by all accounts to be thriving especially the resale market uh, during a pandemic i mean to me the
1: sneaker market just doesn't have anything to do with sneakers anymore there are people who are still in it because they love them and You know, that's great. But unfortunately, the people who love a shoe like like an Air Jordan one, you know, like you can love a shoe a lot. I don't know if you're going to spend two grand on it. But if you're a speculator and you think the price is going to go up, well, of course, you're going to spend the money on it and stash it away. You know, unfortunately, these shoes like and and I I guess maybe recent ones hold up better. I mean, certainly Dunks and Jordan ones and stuff like that, where the midsole is stitched on do better than a lot of the polyurethane ones. But like some of them like you're buying a time bomb like at some point you're gonna open a box and it's just gonna be full of dust and I don't know who's gonna buy that so it's kind of not like buying stocks in that regard and they also take up a lot more space I can attest to that but yeah I mean I, I feel like a lot of it is just speculation at this point and buying a pair of shoes is no different than buying I don't know a, a an exotic car or or again, baseball cards.
0: Yeah. You know, you mentioned Travis Scott and, you know, I guess Kylie Jenner became a dunk influencer this year. We've seen all of this. Uh, by the way, Russ just rolled his eyes. I just God, want that on the so record.
1: depressing. Yeah, and thank <laughs> God we're not on video.
0: They so like Tom Hanks and castaway Just influencer marketing in general. I think we have seen, um, I don't know what's the right word for it, just a general disgust towards kind of celebrities um, and high-end culture during this pandemic. Just because with celebrities, right, um, a lot of them, Um, have been doing kind of performative things, singing John Lennon Imagine and hoping that will fix uh, racism. And and obviously, when the protests were happening, and a lot of the looting happened, um, it was a lot of streetwear and sneaker stores that took the hit for that. And you know, a lot of people like Virgil Abloh spoke out uh, against the looting and got a lot of backlash for that. Um, He also donated $50 initially. So uh, that might have contributed to it. But what do you think about Just, again, long-term, not looking at just now, it seems like there is a huge segment of people who are kind of like, you know, we're just sick of this shit. Like, we don't really care what celebrities think. Uh, We no longer want them to tell us what's cool. But then again, on the flip side, I mean, devil's advocate to myself, I would say uh, sneakers operate in such a bubble too. And I feel like they are such a luxury item, like you said, that that kind of marketing strategy might work for that certain demographic and tax bracket. Uh, Where do you stand on just, influencer marketing and if that is going to change.
1: I mean a lot of influencer stuff I thought I've always thought has been terrible. I mean it, it came from I think a good space. You know, I think you look at something like Lance Mountain wearing mismatched Jordan 1s to skate in back in 85 or 86 or the Ramones wearing Chuck Taylors. I mean there were points where it's like okay, this person is a hero of mine and this person wore this or that and I would like to wear this or that you know, in a very simple, organic way. And then obviously eventually gets co-opted, I mean, by sneaker brands, certainly even in the case of Air Jordan and like, okay, we're gonna make this shoe specifically for this person and market it that way and hope lots of people want it. And it kind of worked beyond their wildest dreams. You know, you could even look at something like Run DMC wearing Adidas and there being like two phases of that. The first phase being, oh, they're wearing shell toes. Those are cool. The second phase being them doing my Adidas, Adidas putting out Run DMC branded shoes and them selling, you know, it went from sort of bottom up to top down. And now like a lot of that is top down. It's like, you know, Kylie Jenner becomes a sneaker influencer because a brand pays her a lot of money to become so. Maybe if she's doing it with dunks, it's more of a bottom up because I don't think she's getting a check from Nike, although... I don't think anything happens with that family without someone getting a check. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting thing and it sort of becomes a loop too, you know. I think you look at someone like Travis Scott and I suppose I should give the disclaimer. I don't own any of Travis Scott's stuff, mostly because there's zero chance I would spend that much money on it. I do think his Air Jordans are actually good. I actually like the Jordan 1 low. I like the Jordan 1 high. If I could get them at retail, I would probably get them. I'm not going to spend thousands of dollars on them. But, you know, it's like I, I refuse to believe that Travis Scott is kind of just on his own deciding to wear these like random obscure dunks. Like he's being influenced by someone else, whether it's someone being like, yo, you should wear these or even him seeing photos of something. And then he in turn, by wearing them, is cranking up this secondary market that has people spending again, like $800 on some brown and white, you know, Dunk SB that no one wanted when they first came out. It's sort of a, and this goes back to something you said before you even got into the Dior conversation. You know, I, I think like sneaker marketing as a whole, and I've, I've written about this, like I wrote about this a long time ago, I feel like. The whole idea is this fast release cycle that has you buying stuff so quickly that you never stop to think about it. And what the pandemic did, and, and you know, for me and I assume for other people, is like it gave you the time to think about it. It gave you the time to stop and look around and be like, wait a minute, I'm buying stuff every week, but here's all this stuff I've bought already and what am I doing with it? You know, it's something like you said earlier where it's like you're going to buy something knowing you're not going to wear it for two months maybe. So why buy it at all? First of yeah. all, the thing is probably going to go on sale in two months if you don't buy mm-hmm. it now. And if you wait that long to buy it when it's already on sale, did you ever need it in the first place?
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's just getting past that. I don't know if FOMO is the right word. Uh, I think for a lot of people who, who kind of participate in the sneaker culture in terms of chasing kind of what's new and what's next. And like even for people who participate in the resale market, I mean, if I'm looking at prices, uh, if I wanted a dunk you know, that just came out, um, you know, whether it be something this year, like the Kentucky dunk or what is it? The St. John's, uh, the, the red and white dunk that came out. Like if I'm looking at that and I want to buy it, you know, I'm looking at it. It's like 400, $500 on stock X. Uh, why don't I just wait, uh, three years when uh, I'll finally probably step outside again when there's a vaccine (laughs) and maybe the prices will be slashed in half. Who knows? Maybe the sneaker, you know, market will have moved on to another shoe that is not as hype, you know, as the duck right now. And, you know, I think it's just all fascinating. I think everyone's obviously consumer consumption habits, uh, whether it's with sneakers or anything else is, you know, individual to their own. But I do feel like we will and we are seeing some trends, you know, in certain uh, groups of people who participate, you know, in sneakers, you know, just holding out and just maybe not participating altogether. And one more thing about that influencer marketing, which you made a lot of good points on, to me, it's like if I see Drake, you know, posting a photo in his mansion, um, you know, surrounded by his cause uh, dolls and, you know, LeBron signed jerseys, wearing a pair of the Dior's, like that doesn't influence me in any way, because it's just telling me, uh, reiterating to me that this is a shoe that i am not uh, likely going to be able to purchase i would just like to see you know these partnerships that nike has with like travis um, and drake and all of these other people justin timberlake shout outs to our guy from the last dance they <laughs> they should put them they should put them in more just grs or put them on like we, i know we're going to talk about the space hippie line that nike came out with they should be putting them in shoes that are more accessible to the general public. I mean,
1: look, I'm not going to get into my personal feelings on Drake here. At a, out of my respect for you as a Canadian, and b because I've already gotten dragged for this on Twitter, and I don't feel like having it happen again. <laughs> I but
0: saw that.
1: just the general conspicuous <laughs> consumption idea of all that, you know, with some celebrity in his like multi, multi, multi-million dollar bespoke home, wearing a pair of two thousand dollars sneakers, like stuff like that does not make me look up the shoe. It makes me look up how to build your own guillotine instructions. Like we're reaching French revolution levels, actually well beyond French revolution levels of inequality, where it's like the amount of money the wealthy make and the amount of money the wealthy can just make their money turn into over and over again is, I mean, it's staggering. Like, and It's Yes, it's not exactly a zero-sum game. You can make a lot of money without taking money away from other people. But at the same time, like I don't understand how someone could have a billion dollars or hundreds of millions and feel okay about it, given what's in the news right now. And to turn around and spend a couple thousand dollars of that on a pair of shoes that, let's face it, no one actually needs, is really disturbing right now. Like instead of spending two grand on a pair of Dior Dunks, if you, uh, Dior Jordans, if you hit on them, if that money makes no difference for you, donate it to a cause, and not—I don't mean K A W S cause because you don't need that either.
0: No, I think that's a that's a really good point. And you know, speaking of you know, Dunks and sneakers that have really blown up this year, uh, the Ben and Jerry's Dunk, uh, like I mentioned at the top, was one of the most coveted shoes uh, this year so far. And I know you wanted to speak to this in terms of, you know, that's a collab and we have found out uh, during the pandemic, and maybe people knew this before, that, you know, the, the co-owners of uh, Ben and Jerry's are uh, the most woke people on earth. Uh, they participated in protests. Um, and I know on their website, they actually revamped their website to, to talk about the history of white supremacy in the U.S. Uh, as a means of educating people who might be coming to their website. And I'm with you on that in terms of you know, obviously, I am not gonna shell out whatever the price is right now, two thousand uh, dollars for one of those shoes. That's a shoe that would be super cool for Nike, I think, to uh, make more available and to you know maybe collab with Ben and Jerry's to see where they can donate some of those proceeds towards, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously a little bit of a performative aspect with that stuff, and unfortunately, that shoe is one that you know, I would not be seen dead in that shoe, I, and that's just an aesthetic thing, like the The whole look of that thing doesn't really work for me. And given how old I am, it's probably also something I shouldn't wear. But I do like the idea of just, you know, be consumers being more careful with who they spend their money on. And, you know, asking something more of the corporations they're giving their money to, you know, I appreciate that a couple of old deadhead hippies are out there actually putting their money where their mouth is and 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 supporting causes you know, that are important to them and should hopefully be important to a lot of us. You know, hopefully Nike actually can look at what they're doing and say, like, wait a minute, if this little ice cream company, I know little comparatively speaking, in Vermont can actually contribute this much towards worthwhile causes. Why can't we a multi billion dollar company do the same thing? I mean, that shouldn't be that hard. I think a lot of these companies are having a little bit of a reckoning, whether it's, pushed from outside influences or or from their own employees. In the case of Adidas, you know, I think Adidas, Nike, Jordan, like, I, I think they are all looking a little closer at what they do. I just hope they turn those looks into doing something for real. At the same time, I, I agree, and I hope you never do spend like two grand on a pair of Ben and Jerry's, especially since at this point, you know, all of that money would go towards some idiot who would sit and eat ice cream out of the shoes rather than the actual causes those have been that money's gone that way already i do like the idea if you're reselling a shoe where the money you know initially went towards good causes i would hope that the resellers would then pledge a percentage of that too but who knows
0: you know yeah you, you know su- supporting Collabs, um, you know from brands and people that really support real causes is is, is such a fascinating thing to me And you know, I was hoping to not bring him up But you know, obviously Kanye West comes to mind and for me It's funny because like a a few years ago, um, you know when Kanye came out with his statements and he wore the the Make America Great Again hat, um, you know, I you know sold all the Yeezys that I had uh, in my collection I just didn't want to wear that shoe Um, or wear anything that was like affiliated with him Um, and you know I am one of probably a million people who you know grew up uh, where you know Kanye was a very huge part of you know whatever like my pop culture life and like I look at his new shoe his new basketball shoe what is it the quantum and like objectively just looking at it I'm like oh that's kind of a cool shoe Um, because I haven't seen like Adidas make like a basketball you know shoe that's you know I've been Uh, fascinated by in like years and like if that shoe was not associated with Kanye uh, I think I would buy that shoe for sure Uh, but because of the association I won't even think twice about it but in the sneaker market obviously we know and I think it's safe to say these are younger people than us a lot of kids in their 20s they don't care about Kanye's uh, politics um, if you want to even call it that and they just buy his buy up his stuff because it's Kanye
1: if you told me 10 years ago the Kanye West would become a far-right conspiracy theorist spouting, you know, lunatic, and Axel Rose would be speaking truth to power and woke, I would have not believed you at all. It's it's kind of insane to think the path that Kanye has tread from sort of shocking my man Mike Myers with his George Bush doesn't care about black people to declaring that vaccines are a way of putting microchips in people and keeping them out of heaven. There's a whole secondary aspect to that where it's like, wait a minute, something that's injected you is going to keep you out of somewhere that your body doesn't go with you. But I I don't want to get into the logical morass of that whole thing, which by the way, I did not read and do not plan on reading because I don't need any more of that negativity in my life. But I mean, just from a strict, easy sense, I feel like barring kanye's transition to QAnon psychopath they kind of did it right you know they did yeezy as a as a limited drop um in the beginning that built up certainly a lot of hype carried over from his nike releases you know kanye always said from the beginning he wanted it to be more of a universal thing everyone should be able to get the stuff and, and adidas has been doing it they've been ramping things up i feel like It's become easier to buy a pair, maybe a 350s or 380s or whatever number they're up to now. You know, the Calabasas power phase thing, the quantum basketball shoe. It's just funny that as the shoe has become more accessible, Kanye himself has become a lot less palatable on his own. You know, like I feel like as it's become easier for people to acquire Yeezy, it's become less defensible
0: to actually wear it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. You had mentioned briefly earlier uh, about Adidas and you know how some of their employees, um, you know, were pressuring the company into more diverse hiring practices, and you know this isn't the first time. Um, I think the diversity issue has come up at, at Adidas, and I mean to be honest, the diversity issues are all across the board at you know every corporation that you look at, you know, given the social climate now, do you think just overall, maybe not just Adidas uh, in general, that some of these uh, demands and requests are actually going to be heard this time and and actual change is going to happen uh, at these corporations? I think they're
1: going to be heard because I don't think the pressure is going to go away. You know, I think we've reached the point where issuing some sort of bland statement about diversity and we hear you, that's just not enough anymore. And I do feel like there are companies across the board, not just sneaker companies, who are going to learn this the hard way. You know, they're going to turn to their damage control mouthpiece of choice and issue a statement and assume like, okay, everything's good now. And no, everything's not going to be good. I think the curtain has been pulled back too. You know, I think you've had it, companies have had it easy, you know, whether it's Nike with Jordan or Adidas with Kobe or, you know, Adidas more recently with Kanye or, who else? James Harden, where it's like, you can have this expensive, popular face of the company who's black and the entire structure behind them, except for maybe a few performative pieces is white. And like, that's not going to work anymore. You just can't do that anymore and expect to get away with it. I think things have been better. I think there've been aspects of it that have been good. Obviously Jordan, you know, Larry Miller was the president of the brand as a black man. Like Um, they've had black designers, they've had black people in marketing and PR, but I think that has to be something that's more consistent. And I think that has to be something that is across the board with all of these brands.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really good point that you made in terms of, you know, the bar has been raised now and people are no longer um, going to accept Um, To put it in simplest terms, just kind of these bullshit um, kind of one-off statements and and responses, uh, you know, from uh, companies and and individuals. And, you know, I think that's the one really good thing uh, that has come, um, you know, from this latest kind of social uh, justice movement that is happening in the U.S. And, you know, it's opened up all these different conversations and people just aren't going to accept non-answers anymore or non action And, you know, I do think over time, you know, these companies are going to have to implement these changes. Now, how optimistic I am that these changes will be what, you know, will actually change things and will actually be what people are asking for. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think that is a a good start. I know we've spent most of this podcast kind of speaking from the consumer side. So, you know, I want to kind of wrap up talking from the brand side too. So uh, Nike announced Um, you know, a set of layoffs recently uh, after reporting a $790 million loss um, in the last quarter. Looking at those numbers in general, and, you know, I know in the U.S., while it shouldn't happen, a lot of things are reopening. Here in Canada, too, I know Toronto has started to reopen, you know, their malls and, you know, the Nike store and Jordan store here in downtown Toronto. Do you think what the long-term, what is the long-term impact of kind of this pandemic that has hit uh, for brands? And is there kind of a new normal or a different strategy that they need to pivot to. I mean, I feel like a
1: lot of these brands were really staked to this sort of super optimistic, eternal, exponential growth. And I don't know how long that was going to last anyway. You know, I I think we talked about the sneaker bubble as far as like, I think in terms of sort of a micro level where it's just people buying sneakers or certain sneakers selling or reselling for a certain amount of money. But I think it's also worth looking at on the macro level where it's like, are you still going to have people buying sneakers every week? Like, it, can you sustain this like utterly insane merry-go-round release schedule? And I think at some point that needs to be scaled back. You know, I, I think like the days of the... uh beast like, here's the 30 essential sneaker releases you need to know about this weekend, you know, is going to be looked at at some point, like, yo, what were we all thinking? Like, this is insane. So, you know, I look at something like a Nike quarterly loss as not being like, no, they're doing fine. They obviously still sold a lot. That's just, that's just money lost against projections that were probably insane to begin with. And layoffs are something like, they have the money to pay these people. They probably just hired, again, based on these projections that were insane to begin with. So, you know, there's some level of correction, I think, going on. It's unfortunate that it affects people's real livelihoods that, you know, probably shouldn't have to be affected like that. Again, you're appe- you're appeasing your stockholders and like, yo, like not to be all woge and have to apologize, but fuck
0: your stockholders. No, that's uh I think that's a really good uh way to put it. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's anything else. Did I forget something? Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about in terms of sneakers in this pandemic world right now? I mean, I
1: I, I want to be purely selfish here and say like we should do a part two because I want to be able to keep this yet unnamed partnership going. Um I also want to give a shout out to your your Manchester United background that apparently you did to troll someone completely other than me but as an arsenal supporter like i'm having a lot of trouble like actually even looking at that i have been and not to not to delve into another another uh topic entirely but while i remain entirely skeptical about the nba restart i have been happy to watch like some of the epl stuff and see them come back and uh you know understandably they're playing on a much bigger playing field and they're playing outdoors. So I think some of these things are different, but I have appreciated like the lack of fans. So you can actually now hear the actual sound of the sport more, you know, you can hear players yelling at each other. That that's something I kind of look forward to with the NBA restart. If it actually does work, like I want to see defenses happen. I want the dudes yelling, like to pick up your man or to like, watch a switch or something like that like i think there is something some value in that i just still wonder if it's going to happen at all
0: yeah you know uh with the manchester united zoom background you know if it helps you uh i can't even name one player actually i can bruno fernandez that's it (laughs) Uh, that's just because i'm on twitter a lot so i mean look (laughs) menu isn't
1: what they used to be anyway so it is a little bit less problematic than if it was like Liverpool since they actually won the freaking league which is a whole separate
0: thing. Yeah, Liverpool I was a Liverpool fan until two weeks ago and they won and I got tired of bandwagoning that so I'm taking my talents to Old Trafford on the 10th anniversary (laughs) of the decision. Fair. (laughs) I I did also want to give like because
1: you mentioned it so I feel like I should give my own sort of personal update. I haven't really I have not bought a pair of sneakers since this all started back in March. The last pair of shoes even I bought were right at the start of the pandemic. I, f- I bought myself a pair of those uh, Noah NYC Solovare Gibson shoes. I kind of needed a pair of black shoes anyway and kind of wanted a pair of black uh, sort of Doc Martinesque esque shoes. I actually bought a UK 9 and I, or UK 8 because I thought, oh, US 9, that's probably what I am in shoes. I probably should have bought A UK nine instead, that's what I get for not buying stuff in person. I certainly wasn't gonna return them in the midst of a pandemic. And I think if I wear them like with lighter socks, they'll be fine. But yeah, sneakers just haven't been anything I've been looking into. And to be perfectly honest, it's not like I'm getting stuff for free from brands all the time. I've gotten a couple pairs since this started. Reebok sent me a pair of questions. The people doing Jaclar sent me like three pairs which I'm thankful for. The one pair of like blue and yellow runners were very, very like, I don't know, giving me flashbacks to like elementary school gym class, which is good and bad. I've also done a little more digging in my storage, but I need to do a lot more of that. So I've been pulling things that way. But other than that, man, like I don't, I don't really miss like not buying new things. There, there's nothing that has really dropped that I've been like, damn, I should have gone after those harder.
0: Yeah. And, you know, like I mentioned before, buying kind of those uh, essentials and kind of basic shoes like the Air Force Ones, getting a pair of the superstars. I think those are the only ways I was able to justify kind of buying sneakers. I was like, all right, I'm going to get the ones that are kind of essential to me. I have been spending a lot of time um, not purchasing, but browsing, you know, kind of on eBay. And I did catch the last dance bug and I bought the these Pippins. Oh, there you go. The 2008. Because um, those I had these shoes when I was young. Um, those were like shoes that I hooped in. I think I don't know how old I was and those uh,
1: murdered my feet I don't know I think like there's something about my ankles are all messed up because I sprained them a bunch of times and like the squiggly like sort of (laughs) few lines that go across those made them fit funny like I seem to recall wearing those one day and bleeding and I was just like
0: you know what these shoes are not for me. I love, I, I love the design of this shoe. Me too. Shout out Aaron Cooper. Yeah. You know, that, that does wrap it up for us. And, and like we mentioned, if um, you know, anyone listening does have a suggestion for a name for the two of us, please do feel free to hit us up on social media or any other platforms where you want to reach us. And of course um, you know, subscribe to the soul savvy podcast that you're listening to on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else that you get your podcasts. And I believe plans are for Russ and I to come back uh, probably in a week to chat about the NBA bubble. So stay tuned for that. We're going to rank the entire menu um, at the Disney World Hotel. (laughs) Yo, I've never seen people
1: complain so much over free food that they don't even have to eat themselves. um and really people telling on themselves saying it's prison food because it's like i mean look i've never been to prison either but i'm thinking you're getting way worse stuff in prison that you are at a resort i'd also like to give a shout out to tropical storm k that apparently just sh- chose to show up here on long island so uh good looking out K. guess i'm not going outside